0: Hello people. It's August eleven. Sunday at International. We are talking about Davy Jones, not the guy from the Monkees, but Davy Jones. <laughs> no. David Bowie. Um
1: David Robert
0: Jones. David Robert Jones. Yes. Slap dick motherfucker. Um and uh this is the twenty fourth episode, and this is part one of a two-part of David Boyd, because it's a lot of history.
1: Yep, 50 years of history.
0: And I am here with the legendary <laughs> Rocker Mike. Hello, people. Not only is he a rocker, he's a roster, he's a conspiracy theory guy, and... Um, and a dick. A asshole, yeah, and just like basically. me. Yeah, yeah. And my yeah. name is Rob Rossi, if you know, we are getting lumped
1: up. And um, Mike, what you got for me? Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you, Rob, for making the most awesome Bloody Mary. Okay, Bloody Mary, even my lumped, lumped up ass out this morning. <laughs> Appreciate that. Now, this is this is a topic we've been talking about for a couple months now. Doing uh, David Bowie to me is probably the most influential artist of the last fifty years. Pretty much across not just musical genres, but just you know his image and, and his iconic status. Uh, there was nobody like him. There'll probably never be another person like him. And he's missed. It's been three years, and he's, he's still missed to this day. Uh, I'm going to give you a little history here. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. And basically, he was, he was born David Robert Jones, January 8, 1947, in Brixton. Uh, his mother was Margaret Mary, also known as Peggy. She was a waitress. He came from a simple background. Yep. Uh, his father... Uh, His name was Hayward Jones, Uh, they used to call him John Jones. Uh, He was a uh, small businessman, Uh, they were from a mixed Irish-British background, simple blue-collar people. Um, David as a kid, he was known as a very single-minded, smart, intelligent, gifted kid. But he was also not afraid to get into a fist fight if he had to. Uh, He was a little feisty. Now in 1953, the family moved to Bromley um, in England. And uh, by 1955 he headed to a school called the Burnt Ash Junior School where he started getting interested in singing. He was known as a pretty good singer and he was also getting interested in music and dance and this was all as a nine-year-old kid. so he was already onto a creative you know road. And he got into music. I mean, he was into music and dance and things, but music really became the whole thing when his father one day came home with some American 45 singles. It was artists like Elvis, Little Richard, The Platters, uh, and Bowie's on record saying that when he first heard "Tutti Frutti" by Little Richard, he thought he heard God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, even in the few in the few paragraphs here of these notes that I'm reading yeah. here, you could see this is a. a, a it's, it's interesting. I mean, look. remember Lemmy? Remember Lemmy? Yeah. thing we did? Yeah. Okay, very similar. Yeah. Okay. You know, when, when these uh, American artists were first shown in England, they really just blew that culture wide open. Yeah. You know, and Bowie was part of that too.
0: Um, Can I bring something up? Sure. You know that David Bowie, believe it or not, he had sold 140 million albums worldwide. Yeah, but well, why? You know that this guy is the most, the single best fucking, like, artist? Yeah, male
1: artist. The male most selling artist? Like, nobody artists.
0: had so artists like that. Like, yeah, it's but, incredible. That yeah. I, 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 that blew my mind when I was reading really like, that. How the hell do you sell 140 million albums? Yeah, I mean, you sell 20, some people only sell 40 million in a career. <laughs> this guy sold had, 140 he had, he had a, a, a million albums. 50,
1: a 50-year 50, 50 career that included music, movies,
0: movies okay.
1: yeah he was in the movies yeah yeah he was in several movies yeah uh, later on we'll talk about that I think that'll be next week's he
0: episode he
1: shot a, video, a what's that Mario he, he, he shot a video yeah. Yeah. oh yeah well he used to live he used to live on Lafayette originally. I used to see him in
0: an grocery yeah, yeah, so often yeah yeah he was
1: uh, you know what, what I'm mean, Iman Iman, yeah. Iman yeah. right be. right right he was uh, known around New York you know he had that apartment there she yeah. still lives there um Now, after he heard Elvis and Chuck Berry, he started playing the piano and a ukulele. Okay, that was a big instrument in in England at the time. They didn't really have guitars, they had like ukuleles for people. And uh, in 1958, he started at uh, Bromley Technical High School and he studied art and design and music. And he was getting interested in jazz, uh, artists like Coltrane, Charles Mingus, and that's when he first learned how to play the saxophone. And he was a a very good saxophone player. A lot of people forget that. Yeah. A lot of the... I mean, he, he played it on stage, on the albums, and uh, he was very adequate at that. 1962, he gets into a fist fight with a friend of his named George Underwood. It's over a girl, and he permanently damaged his eye, okay? And if you ever looked at Bowie, he had kind of like a bad eye. Yeah. You know, it almost looked glazed over in a way, and it was because it was a permanent damage done in that fight. But he... Um, he stayed friends with the guy because George Underwood had designed a lot of the artwork on his early albums. You know, he was just whatever, simple stupid guy stuff. Um, later on in 62 he started his first rock band called the Conrads and he played uh, local youth gatherings, weddings, parties, stuff like that. After a while he was kind of frustrated uh, with that band, it was all covers. Basically, they had no drive to move ahead. Uh, he ended up joining a band called the King Bees, and he actually wrote uh, just to kind of like emphasize on his drive to, to to succeed. When he joined the King Bees, he actually wrote to a entrepreneur of washing machines. Yeah, okay, it was a John Bloom, right, right, and he invited him. To be a manager for his band, the King Bees, like Brian Epstein was with the Beatles, and he said, "We're going to make a million dollars." Now think about that. Here's a—you know—it'd be like somebody, you know, here going to like I don't know, Trump or something when he was a businessman and say, "You know, will you manage my band?" You know, I mean, it's like—it yeah. takes a lot of balls. And the um, Bloom refused, but he referred him to a Leslie Kahn, and Kahn became Bowie's first personal manager. With the King Bees they released a single called Liza Jane and it, the band was called Davy Jones and the King Bees and it t- totally flopped. Yeah. It, didn't, it didn't go anywhere. Uh, he got tired of doing Hal and Wolf and Willie Dixon covers with this band so he quit and he joined another band called the Manish Boys. And they released a single right away called I Pity the Fool. Well, I don't know if that's when Mr. T got his... Uh, Probably I Pity the Fool for <laughs> Mr. T. I Pity the Fool. That also f- flopped. Okay. Then he left that band, and he joined a band called The Lower Third, and they were more of a, uh, a Who-inspired yeah. you know, kind of band, and they had a single right away with him called You've Got a Habit of Leaving, which at the time totally bombed, but it's kind of a cult classic right now. I played it last night on my Facebook page. I posted it. Yeah. It's a great song. It's just a 60s garage nugget you know, kind of thing. And at this point, that's
0: where Khan left him, right? That- Leslie
1: Khan left him after that, right? Well, he He's fires Khan, okay? Uh, he fired him at the, right at that point because he felt that was a strong single yeah. and yet he wasn't getting the promotion he should have been getting from the yeah. manager. So after several singles of Not Going Anywhere, bombing, he fired uh, Leslie Khan, and he got a guy named Ralph Horton. Horton, yep. yep. Now, at that point, Bowie joined a band called The Buzz and they had a single called Do Anything You Say. With the buzz, while he was with them, he joined another band at the same time called The Riot Squad, and they recorded some originals of his and some Velvet Underground songs, and those songs actually were never released. Yeah. At the time. Uh, they, stayed, they stayed unreleased. Um, Ralph Horton then introduced Bowie to a guy named Kenneth Pitt, and Pitt actually took over as his manager. It was at this time that he started using the name Bowie, and basically it was because the name Davy Jones was, was getting confused with Davy Jones from the Monkees, okay, so they needed to kind of differentiate you know him from, from the Monkees, and he took the name Davey, David Bowie uh, after the Bowie knife, he thought it sounded cool. Uh, April 1967, he releases a single called The Laughing Gnome and they used like a speeded up vocal kind of trick on his voice, I guess to make him sound like a gnome, Uh, that song flopped as well. That single went nowhere. Uh, He did have an album of material at that point that would be released. It would be an album just self-titled called David Bowie uh, in June of that year, and that also went nowhere. Um, His next release wouldn't be for two years. He he decided to take some time off and kind of, Figure out what he was going to do because he, his, his work really wasn't getting anywhere commercially. Uh, later in '67, he st- went back to school and he studied dramatic art and became interested in creating an image for himself. Uh, which, that, that whole thing about creating an image is something that would be throughout the next 50 years of his life because if you look at Bowie, every album pretty much he's recreating himself. Yeah, you he, know, did, his, he did a lot of
0: music before, you know, before he got like that successful. He took out a lot of shit. I didn't realize how much stuff in that yeah, I mean, reading he,
1: he, and, and a lot of people would have hung it up, yeah, you know, but he stayed in there. he hung in there um and not only did he hang in there he 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 was advancing himself in 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 different directions, like i am saying he went to dramatic kind of to dramatic art uh he went to mime school, yeah, he became a mime, you know that's a you know interesting stuff
0: you know what's crazy about him um he was—he's one of the few people that was actually made in the U.S. and the U.K. He had top hits in both.
1: Well, he did. Uh, all in all, I think he did better in the U.K. chart-wise and yeah.
0: stuff like that. Yeah. But, no, but the U.S. what well, he did like yeah, five platinum, and he had nine gold. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You, and then cool. he the U.K. he oh. did ten. Yeah. And eleven gold.
1: And, and silver. Then, <laughs> even even with, uh, with even goals. with uh, Ziggy being a big hit. <laughs> Later on, uh, he didn't really chart great in the United States and break it really open until Let's Dance. You know, he was in the top twenty, top forty, top one hundred, but he never had a number number one in America until the eighties.
0: Tapping that ass.
1: Your favorite topic when it comes to that. Oh shit take a long to get into that
0: from fucking Damon from fucking Iggy Pot (laughs) to Big Dragon they had a tweet and they were dancing in the street (laughs)
1: you couldn't you you couldn't wait to get into this (laughs) (laughs) so while he was studying uh, he met a dancer named Hermione Farthingale that was in January '68, and the two of them lived together in London. Uh, they started a folkish kind of trio group with uh, Farthingale playing guitar, a guy named John Hudson Hutchinson on guitar, and Bowie singing. This group would play concerts, uh, combine things with poetry, mime, and Mercy Beat sounds. Um, it was an interesting trio. I don't think there's really anything left from that. I don't think it was ever released any, I never heard any music from that time. Um, it was, but the one song that he had recorded during that time was uh, Space Oddity, and it was around this time that he laid the track down for that. It was unreleased for a few months. Um, at this point, Farthingale broke up with him, and he moved to Norway, and that breakup shook him for a long time. They say that Life on Mars is dedicated to her. Uh, A few other tracks that he's had, you know, lyrics mention her. Oh, with what? um, The Farthingale chick. Yeah. Yeah. He also did an ice cream commercial, believe it or not. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he went on tour with Mark Bowman's Tyrannosaurus Rex, which was the name of T-Rex before they changed it to that. It was Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, He was third on the bill, and he was basically just doing a mime act with 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 uh, early the early T-Rex with Mark Bowen. July 11th, 1969, Space Oddity would be released. And it was released yeah, five guys. days. Take care, Mario. would of- be released five days before the Apollo 11 launch to the moon. And I think uh, a lot of people kind of treated it almost like a novelty song. Uh, it's a great song, out- oh, No, no, it's, it's a great classic song, but it was wrapped, they-, they released it at the same time as the moon launch. So I think more people just looked at it like, oh, this is just a novelty song. It actually got to number five in the UK, and that was his first big hit. your car open? Oh. Hold on a minute. That's good security. I must have hit the button, you believe that? <laughs> my car door was open sure on my <laughs> bed. Thank God. Make sure nobody's sleeping in it. Yeah, they could. make sure no <laughs> junkies are sleeping Donald's. in that. The Life in New York, people. To... Life in New York. The
0: guys, the guys are really sick it. Uh, okay? No, the guys, The guys are waiting for McDonald's to open. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're sleeping
1: in the back of my van. I must have hit the button. That's funny. Um, his second LP will be released in November. Okay? <laughs> his second LP will, will be released in November and they also called it David Bowie. And that would be kind of a confusion in the U.S. They didn't want to call it that, so they ended up calling it uh, David Bowie, Man of Words, Man of Music. 1972, okay, uh, Space Oddity would be reissued, and um, it would be, I'm sorry, that album would be reissued as Space Oddity, okay? Instead of David Bowie or or, uh, Man of Words, Man of Music. The album did flop originally, okay, when it was released. Um, in April of 69, he would meet somebody that would be a very important person in this early part of his career. And that would be a, a woman named Angela Barnett. They would be married within a year and everybody would know her as Angie Bowie. Angie Bowie? Yep, yep. They were together like 10 years, I think. Something like that, yeah, they had a child, uh, Nine, Zoe Bowie. Yeah, they were married. Uh,
0: yeah. He got Zoe and Duncan, which I think was how
1: many he had. Right. Now, Angie was uh, a. No, she was somebody that he didn't want to mess with, basically. She would fight with the manager, Ken Pitt, all the time over control of Bowie's career. She was totally interested in in pushing him, advancing him, and she definitely played a big part into uh, his early career right there. He needed to create a backing band.
0: You know what's funny? He was rejected from a Kit Kat commercial.
1: Yeah. yeah I wonder why I don't know they don't say why you know uh, it was at this point he wanted to create a backing band uh, that was one problem he always had he didn't have a steady stream of, uh, of uh, steady musicians there was, was too many people back and forth he wanted to have a, a, a regular backing band uh, he would get something together now with a guy named John Cambridge on drums Tony Visconti that's a name that'll pop up later, it's very important. He would be on bass. Uh, and this is when he would meet Mick Ronson on guitar. And the band was called The Hype. Okay. Uh, they wore glam style costumes, similar to what he would be wearing kind of later on in a couple years later as yeah. Ziggy Stardust. And that was all, it was all starting to come together and gel together in that, in that Ziggy uh, image. But we weren't quite there yet. Um, their first gig was a total disaster at the London Roundhouse apparently uh, they had sound problems they had uh, they screwed up uh, Bowie screwed up singing Uh, there was musical fuck-ups and it just did not go well Um, also people didn't like the costumes for some reason so they gave up the costumes and uh, Bowie at the time was was laying down tracks for an album with this band and he was starting to disagree with Cambridge drumming style. And he actually fired him during a recording session saying, you're fucking up my album, get out of here. Wow, okay. Uh, it was at that point that uh, they w- he would be replaced with uh, Mick, uh, Mick Woodmaning. and he fired Ken Pitt at that point as well and uh, hired Tony DeFreeze as his manager. Pitt would sue him over this, and over many years of litigation, Bowie would lose that case, and he'd have to pay him some money. Fine, I guess he was under contract. Or yeah. Whatever, you know. uh, these recording sessions that were being done resulted in Bowie's third album called *The Man Who Sold the World*.
0: Yep, that's a great fucking. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh,
1: it was released in late 1970. He was getting away from that folkish kind of sound and got into a heavy rock sound. Uh, Mercury Records signed him. Okay, ah. now if you remember, if you ever looked at that album cover? He's wearing a dress. Okay? Yeah, I did. okay. He's kind of like sprawled out. It's like yeah. a full-length dress. Uh, didn't I mean Nirvana covered that years later? Yeah, Nirvana did, did a great did, version did, 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 of that so. did, Wasn't there a part where where Kurt Cobain and wore a dress wrote, also I'm doing first. it? No, he did it. I
0: remember he did it on plug. He might wear a dress later on, yeah, something else. But I you know yeah. he did it on plug. Yeah, it was yeah. fucking great. Yeah. Oh no, not me, the man. Yep. So, yep.
1: so Mercury Records signed him and sent him on a coast-to-coast tour across America. Yep. It was the first time he had been here. And there was one stipulation: he had to wear the dress for all the interviews and in the street. So he was wearing a long dress in America in 1970. That wasn't gonna fly too good. He was getting harassed on the streets and everything, but I don't think he cared. It didn't phase him at all. Um, I heard a story where one guy actually pulled a gun on You hear that, Rob? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, when he was wearing a dress. So who knows? But uh, during that coast-to-coast to Coast tour, Bowie would get uh, more interested in, in two artists that he was familiar with back in England, but didn't know all their material, and that would be Lou Reed and Iggy Pop. Yep. And was—you I mean, know—this is something that uh, the three of them alone really started a whole musical revolution in the early '70s. But uh, once Bowie was more turned on to he pop and Lou <coughs> read. He decided he you know, he loved their both their images and he was going to create an image that would kind of melt the two of them together and create what he called the ultimate pop idol. And that character became Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. Now He wanted to create a character that looked like he just dropped down from Mars somewhere. Yeah. That's what he was thinking of. And Ziggy definitely was that character. The name Ziggy itself actually is just coming from Higgy. Yeah. Okay, that's how we got the idea. But in my research, I I didn't know this. Um, Stardust comes from the legendary Stardust Cowboy. Have you ever heard of him?
0: Yeah, I heard of Stardust Cowboy many years ago. He
1: was a, a crazy hillbilly country act uh, if you want to look up his songs uh, the, probably the most famous is wow. a song called Paralyzed that's great uh, it's on YouTube you can look it up uh, Legendary Stardust Cowboy he had just become familiar with this guy and uh, while he was on tour and decided to take that name Stardust um, it was at this point the Hunky Dory album would be released in 71 uh, bass player Tony Visconti ended up uh, producing the album as well there were songs on that like uh, Queen Bitch. That was my song of the day today. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a song called Andy Warhol and a song for, song for Bob Dylan. I think it's a great album. Okay, Hunky Dory, but it didn't really connect with a lot of people for some reason. It didn't do well at first. Uh, it would do it would do well once Bowie started to get popular. At first, it didn't do well. at first year. We have made any money. There. Now we're going to get into the, 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 the Ziggy time. okay? Uh, 1972 to 74 period is when he was that character, yeah. Ziggy Stardust. And I think that's one of the most interesting and iconic uh, rock and roll characters ever created. I mean, it's up there with Alice Cooper, absolutely, and other people, uh, Kiss and, and all that. You know, I mean, when you think of Bowie, I think you think of Ziggy, right? Even now, right? Yeah, you definitely I think know. of Ziggy. Now, let me ask you, what, what's your opinion on that album? I thought Ziggy's the album was great. That was really
0: good. That was totally different. That was, like, more like a pop rock and roll album, definitely. It had that, like...
1: It had elements of everything. It had
0: elements of everything, but it was, like, definitely for, it was definitely popular music he was aiming at. Because he wanted oh, to he had, put the name no, out there. He had
1: no qualms about wanting to make it and be number one. There. Yeah, he, I mean that was his, that was his drive.
0: Because that did do good, I think, in the in the in the charts, right? From the um, yeah. Starman yeah. and all that yeah. shit, all that yeah, we'll shit like start went start to the top.
1: Right, right. Now he debuted Ziggy February tenth, nineteen seventy two, at a pub called the Toby Jug Pub in Tollwork in Kingston upon the Thames, which is a town idea the lineup then was Bowie on vocals you had Mick Ronson on guitar Mick Woodman Z on drums and Visconti would be replaced uh, and you, they would have Trevor Boulder on bass yeah Boulder Visconti just got into the, the producing end of it that's what he wanted to do uh, if you could picture this in a pub
0: what was that that was in on February, February 10? February
1: 1972 yeah. okay he introduces this character in a bar. now think about that you have this in a, smack in the middle of England somewhere, okay? This androgynous, you know, red-dyed haired, freaky dude, looks like he dropped from Mars, okay? Singing about spiders from Mars and all this stuff. Uh, you know, and it was a hit. It actually resonated with, with, with the, the British at the time. And kids went nuts for it. Uh, it was kind of on the coattails of, of, of Mark Bowen and T Rex, what was called T Rex to see. Yeah, T Rex to Okay, that was, you know, T Rex, you got to do a show on them too. I mean, they, uh, they were huge at the time. Uh, by 72, 73, that, that their time would, would wane and Bowie would take over. You know, But at that point, the whole glam thing was really starting to go in England. Now, ahead of, the, ahead of the release of an album, okay, which would be in April of 72, they would release that album, um, ahead of that, they released Starman, okay? Starman was right. Now, that's a perfect single. It uh, charted right away. It went to number 10 in the UK charts and actually got to number 65 in the United States. Now, because it went top 10 in England, that means you're guaranteed a, an appearance on top of the pops. Yeah. Okay? And there's that one, you can look it up on YouTube. It's a great clip of Bowie doing that. The performance, right? Yeah. You know, that that um,
0: song lasted in the charts for two years. It
1: did. It did. And that's a, that's a long time. Yeah, yeah. Long, probably even long, almost as long as the whole character did. Yeah. You know, between the two albums with Ziggy. Um, right. Starman is just an amazing single. I, I mm-hmm. always loved it. When you look at the other tracks though on the album. You got This is just side one. Five Years, Soul Love, Moon Age Daydream, Starman, and It Ain't Easy. It Ain't Easy. I mean, that's just perfect. That's it's, only side one. It's more.
0: funny. When I uh, started, when I opened up today, It Ain't Easy yeah, came and out and easy right was away. On. I was and like, I was ah, that's, like a that's a good omen. That's
1: a good omen. Right, she's right. She's side two of Ziggy would be Lady Stardust. A song called Star, Hang On To Yourself, Ziggy Stardust, and Suffragette City, uh, and a song called Rock and Roll Suicide, which is awesome. You know? That whole first album was
0: like, a, that's like that's an album you definitely could have in your collection to put anywhere, and people would
1: fucking be like, "Oh shit. Everybody knows it. Yep. you know, and and as the decades would go ahead with, with Bowie, I mean, he really appealed but, to everybody. But he
0: was so he was writing and producing people also at the same time he was doing yeah. his stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he did something with uh, Manta Hoopu. Yeah. He, yeah. he wrote a song and produced it. Right,
1: that was in '72. Um, he had written a song called "All the Young Dudes." All the young dudes. And he was a big fan of Monta hoople yep. um, and Monta hoople were about to break up after several albums that didn't do well for them they were gonna break up but Bowie was a big fan and he said no no you can't break up he goes I'll, I'll give you this song and it's all the young dudes it was a song that he wrote and used to perform live a little bit but and at this
0: time he's also helping Lou Reed do yeah. his album right
1: Lou Reed in 72 also he, he was
0: playing. I think he was backup
1: vocalist right. well, on Satellite of Love uh, on that Transformer album by yeah. Lou Reed he does the backing vocals Mick Ronson did all the arrangements he put Mick Ronson played piano on that album uh, but we produced it yeah, yeah. and, and that, that, that kick that 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 kicked blue no, Reed's yeah. career in the ass It needed it that he's doing
0: right that and at this time he's also working with the Stooges and think he probably Stooges would, the, the, album the Stooges
1: and would come in 73 so, uh, so that this, would be this, his this guy yeah. was that's what right, the right, hell so.
0: when did he have time to sleep
1: I, I think look, he did a lot <laughs> of cocaine <laughs> <laughs> no that's actually he did he. <laughs> That's a whole other topic. <laughs> but yeah, I mean you'd have to be. I mean the guy was a nonstop like an en- energizer buddy bunny, you know, he was crazy. You, you
0: know what I always you know when the first time oh my I cow. really started knowing David um, David Boy? So I think see he see was with Bing Cosby. Right. Oh, yeah, they, they, they boy? Boy. That's the first yeah. time I really that used, to, noticed get, that video David used Boyd. to get
1: I think it's still I mean, not, there's no MTV anymore, but it's, it, that video always gets played around Christmas time. Yeah, and it yeah. was great. And, yeah. the,
0: and then I remember this goofy kid on the Cher show, the Cher Variety show. He was on Cher, he sang. Well, was he? The Cher, yeah. Well, did they do fashion or fame did, or, something. or
1: something? They did something, yeah. yeah. I think it, I remember was
0: that. like, oh my God. So this guy has a career that spanned decades and decades and decades of just
1: yeah and who's it, who's right. Man. I mean, he influenced so many people,
0: so many people. And he he worked to the day he died. Like he yes. was still doing producing well, he, and getting back. that mad. last
1: album Blackstar was, oh, was released I, before he night. Yeah, yeah. Nazareth. Well, what a fucking Lass- video. Nazareth. Yeah. Lass- Lass-
0: yeah. What a, video. Yeah. Yeah. What a yeah. fucking that's, video. That was scary.
1: Yeah, I uh, yes. I have to admit I've only yes. listened to that yes. album maybe three or four times. Well, it's well, tough to uh, get you know, through. And we'll talk about it next week. Here's another
0: thing. You know who was one of uh, David Boyd's backup singer. You probably know who it is. Um... Who well, was the guy that, uh, Luther Vandro? Yeah. Was one of yes. David Bowie's backup singers. Yeah. And David Bowie yes. fired him. You know what? Why? He uh, said, You should right. be singing your own, so you should not be backing yeah. up for David. So he wow. gave Luther Vandro I I his career.
1: Yeah, I, I knew that, but I didn't know the reason for the firing. Wow. That, that's that's why he fired him. He amazing. said, You
0: got a better voice than me. You, yes. you should be singing your own, and that's why he yeah. fired him. Right, right,
1: right.
0: You know, because Luther Vandro went on record and said, if it wasn't for David Bowie, I would have never had the nerve to sing on my own. Yeah. Wow. How gotta, about that?
1: i got to talk about another single here that was released by Bowie, okay? Uh, it was a non-album single called John, I'm Only Dancing. Yeah. Uh, didn't make the album, the Ziggy album, but it's a great track. And I think it was... Probably very obvious at that point about Bowie's sexuality and, and everything like that with a song like that. If you listen to the lyrics of John, I'm Only Dancing, mm-hmm. you know, he's talking about a guy, you know. So, I mean, whatever, doesn't matter, but he's you know, talking he, about he, Iggy Pop, he, man. Yeah, I mean, he Popping
0: that Iggy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Leave him alone, he's dead. <laughs> okay. You
0: know, he had like an LP come out in um uh, 2017. I forgot what the hell's the name of Bowie. the the. On his 70th birthday, boy, he had, I guess it was an album that he was working something. He came in with an LP of some songs in in, uh, 2017. Look that up. It's very I mean, interesting.
1: Um yeah, it, it was
0: probably stuff that didn't make out Black Star that he had. I but there was that. an L P that came out after um on his seventy the day of his seventy birthday that would have been because he died when he was 69. Yeah. Uh, he sixty nine. Yeah. what a fucking number to die. He, 69. Died, he died two days
1: after his 69th birthday. So
0: um yeah. so for that so they on well, his seventy uh, if you look it up on his seventy birthday, they released an L P. Wow. And it's supposed to be like some very weird shit, too. It's like like an was it covers or anything. They do weird covers or
1: something. I think I heard It's called
0: No Plan. That. It was released on January 8, 2017, which will have been David's Boy 70. Birthday. Okay. It had a lot of, it included three songs from, from his recording, okay. The Black Star. Yeah, you
1: got me on but that. we're I left off the much.
0: album. It's a oh. so great that became Soundtrack.
1: Okay. I'm for the Nazareth, Nazareth
0: musical in October 2016. Music oh, video. it was
1: music from the, from the play Lazarus. That was yeah, Lazarus. On. Yeah,
0: okay. So check that out. I will. Um, it's about three songs and it's called
1: No Plans. We're definitely going to talk about Black Star next week. Yeah. You know, um, going back to September 72. Ziggy would, would um, bring the tour to the United States and in September of 28th he played Carnegie Hall. Okay, now I've, I've been to Carnegie Hall, it's an awesome yeah. place to, to, see, to see the shows. Uh, and he would return in February of 73 for two dates at Radio City Music Hall. Uh, also in 73 he would come out with the second album featuring the Ziggy character called Aladdin Sane. Okay. Yeah. Now, did you ever think about the title? Aladdin, no. Insane. No. lad Insane.
0: Insane. Oh shit. A lot of people
1: don't know wow. that. Yeah, yeah it's Alad Insane. Oh, Aladdin, wow. wow. Insane. You think it's Aladdin, like, you know, yeah, Aladdin. it's yeah. lad Insane, okay? Uh, that album will go to number one in the UK. That was his first number one. All the songs were written in, on the American tour, okay? So not only did he go on tour, he was helping Lou Reed in 72. In, 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 in he was helping Martha Hoople in 72. He was helping Iggy in 73. He was writing for an album in 73 and on tour. And he puts out Aladdin Sane. All the songs are influenced by his American uh, road trip, basically his American concert tour. Uh, you got songs on there called Jean Genie, Drive-In Saturday. All those singles will go top five in the UK. And they would be top 100 songs in the USA, as well, okay? Uh, But all this success was becoming complicated for Bowie. And uh, he got so kind of immersed into that character, okay, that he was starting to doubt his own sanity on who he did you know, he was Ziggy 24 hours a day. Yeah. And it took over his whole personality. Uh, The show's were very theatrical, Uh, they were over the top performances. There's that famous uh, thing he used to do where he would go on his knees in front of Mick Ronson and look like he's giving oral sex to his guitar when he's playing, you know. All that stuff was was really like off the wall controversial. Um, He actually, it broke down and it was caught on film. Uh, There was a director named D.A. Pennebaker who was filming the, the Ziggy tour. Yeah, there was a movie, right? <laughs> yeah, Ziggy Stars and Spiders yeah, yeah. It's a great movie. Uh, D.A. Pennebaker actually died this week. Oh, shit. He passed away. Yeah, I think he was like 90 years old or something like that. Um, they were playing at the, uh, at the Hammersmith Odeon in uh, July 3rd, 1973. And it was at the end of the show that Bowie famously just says, you know, this is the last show of the tour and the last show I'm ever doing. You know, he'd like retired on stage and said he was done right there in front of everybody. Uh, actually, we know that's not true because he would reinvent himself, uh, Diamond Dogs would be another album that would come out uh, not too long after that. Then he would become the Thin White Duke, okay, you know, the young Americans, the white boy soul kind of stuff that he yeah. was doing. Uh, we're going to talk about all that next week that's all i got for you Plastic
0: day. soul and the uh, Thin white dukes
1: yep Thin white duke and we're going to talk uh hopefully we have fail on next week i'm going to ask him to come on because uh we're definitely going to do a spotlight on the three berlin albums yeah, yeah. Um, his his work with with iggy pop later on in that period and we'll get into let's dance and and we'll get into other stuff later on that he was doing a lot more. i mean it's like, that, another, it's like another 40 years of a career.
0: That retirement man, him on stage. How yeah. fucking crazy was that? I
1: think he was losing his mind. Yeah,
0: you know what, he yeah. just didn't want to beat that character. No, anymore. He didn't no, want to be Ziggy. He Z. was a
1: guy that would,
0: wouldn't... On stage, he, I was alive. He the be, stage, I was a fucking robot. Right, right. <laughs> no
1: emotion, nothing. i was a robot. This happened to a lot of people. Alice Cooper got, became a total alcoholic in the 70s because of his own character. Okay, it was like he had to be Alice all the time. You got yeah. lost so in the role. You got lost in the role. It happens to actors, right? Well, I
0: heard you talk about Bowie. Let me chime in, I'll shut up. But you know, I love my heavy metal. So you got you got Motley Crue. Right. Everybody knows about Motley Crue. So you got Mick Mars. Why don't you come
1: a little closer, Sean? Okay.
0: So you got Mick Mars. Right. He's the uh, he was the oldest member of Motley Crue. He was older than everybody, right? So you know he knew glam rock. Okay. Right. The dolls and everything. So you yep. know it's a stage name. So I'm thinking
1: Mick Ronson meets spotters from Mars. Mick Mars. Is that true or is that just your opinion? That's my little theory. I wouldn't be surprised if that's that true. That could be. That hey, could that be. Hey, totally be true. Doesn't it, doesn't it
0: add up? Mick, Mick Mars
1: was always my favorite guy on Motley Crue because he was into that other stuff where the other guys yeah, weren't. Yeah. Um, and well, he, I, Mickey a little bit. Nikki, well, Nikki was yeah. Nikki was a huge Thunder's fan and everything. Yeah. I remember seeing Mick Mars at a Ramon show one time at the Ritz in the VIP section. Okay, with his hot girl and I was like, yeah, it's fucking Mick Mars. Seems like a cool yeah. guy. I think he was. He I think had he battles was. with his health and all that. Well, oh, yeah, they it all did. Fruit not? Yeah, well, it's well, so He, he didn't, didn't choose, right? It wasn't self inflicted. He didn't choose a degenerative <laughs> bone disorder. You know, yeah. 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 he made choices. Yeah. Well, thank, well, you, anybody, thank you, Sean. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. You know
0: we recorded that, Sean, right? Just so that you know, you're going to be on the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, so anyway, that's my theory. Maybe save that for a conspiracy. That's <laughs> yeah, all
1: rock and roll history So history. um,
0: next week What we got We got like uh, The finale of the two part Of David Bowie
1: Yeah uh, We're gonna talk about uh, Especially that 70's period That later 70's period Where he was in Berlin uh, Then we'll talk about His most successful uh, Rock record Which is Let's Dance he also and the rest toured, of it
0: he also toured Japan which a lot yeah. of people didn't like. nah he, he toured everywhere oh. that guy was like a worldwide success like, he toured success, you
1: everywhere know? everywhere he toured Australia he was huge you know uh, yes. interest very uh, about uh, uh, about Bowie about was not that? afraid of anything uh, I admire
0: him for that. Another little thing: he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1996.
1: Yep. In the Rock and Roll,
0: I know you don't care about, it, but I always like to
1: like bring that up. No, no. <laughs> the Rock I mean, and Roll uh, Hall, of Fame. you know, occasionally the Rock and yeah. Roll Hall of Fame gets shit right, and you, know, you have to bully,
0: Yeah, man. absolutely <laughs> have yeah, to. Be. Yeah, so that's it. So people,
1: um, what <laughs> I, got, I got an album uh, of oh, the oh, week? Oh yeah, I was gonna okay. say, what's what's yeah. the album of the week? The album of the week is gonna be Ziggy Stardust. And the Spice Great the fucking ball. album. You have to have that album. Uh, that's a great place to start if you're not familiar with Bowie. Uh, Who's not? Come on. Well, hey. I mean, we. Well you, know, well, you know what? There might be some people that aren't.
0: Who's this? Uh, what's the song of the week? You got the album of the week.
1: Uh, I didn't come up with a song of the week because they're all fucking great. You know, every song on I would on say album. Space Odyssey. Space Odyssey? Okay. Oh, Life on I'll Mars. Let I'll let you call. Life on Mars Life on, also. Life on Mars like- a, was, a, was a great track. Yeah. Let's do Life on Mars. Yeah. That's it's a favorite. song of the week. Definitely.
0: So upcoming
1: shows. All right. Uh, August 20th. This is wrap it up there, goodbye, farewell tour for the 10th time. Okay? <laughs> uh, it's called, uh, that'll be at the Barclays Center on August 20th, okay? Uh, August 25th, we got Social Distortion yeah. over at Pier 17. There's yep. still tickets available for that. Um, now, August 20th, okay, also the same day as the Kiss Show, we will be interviewing Bobby Steele if everything goes as oh, planned. Oh, shit. We're yes. go out on his boat and do that uh, the, the interview we did last month We're going to do last month didn't happen uh, But we had to reschedule and that's the day we're doing it um, Just to mention uh, what Bobby Steele real quick is The undead are playing uh, Bowery Electric On September 26th Go check them out And also on September 7th The Vibrators are playing Bowery Electric They're nice. on their endless nice. Farewell nice. tour as well <laughs> see, The last 10 years <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's all I got for you, man. Great. Um,
0: so, um, this talk. We had uh, Paris on the show, but it wasn't a rock show. It was a conspiracy show. Um, you uh, know that thing has oh, gone... The doors open again. Something's
1: going on. Oh, okay. Take Uh-oh. this, baby. Deal with that. Thank you. I
0: think <laughs> it's the ghost of the fucking car. <laughs> The ghost of the car, car. is haunted. Ghost of the machine. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Maybe somebody else got the same fucking remote control yeah, and that fucking popping his shit about it. Maybe Bowie wants to drive your van. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> of Bowie. Crazy. So, um, dude, America. that, that Coach Brimson show, holy yeah. shit. That, that holy show shit. was
1: amazing. Uh, last Wednesday, this week, we did a show with Paris Mayu, the uh, guitar player, main songwriter for Pro Max. Uh, great guy we hope to see him soon I hope he listens today um, the, the show we did was mostly about David Berkowitz and Charles Manson the connection between them check it out on YouTube on the Getting Lumped Up Rob Rossi's channel yeah
0: man uh, and uh, people remember don't get, get drunk. drunk get lumped, lumped up. up we'll see you next week for part two thank okay. you and have a nice day Okay.